Hey, hey, Jake. What? What did one blade of grass say to another about the lack of rain? What? I guess we just had to make do. Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Steven Dutzman and I'm your host. This is episode 121. And this week, I'm here to talk about video games with my very special friend, Amanda Farrow, the Princess of Power. How are you? I am pandemic decent. Pandemic decent. Are we going to have to come up with another nickname for you now that the, that um, She-Ra is done? No, I'll always be the Princess no? of Power. Well, you'll just always be the Princess of Power. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know if, like, now that the show was over, if you had, like, a desire to come up with something else. Um, nah, I thought that, that, that was going to be a negative, but, you know, I wanted to offer it up. I appreciate so, that. So, um, folks, it's just me and Amanda. We're having a quiet fireside chat before we have many, many, many weeks of additional guests. I hope you enjoyed last week where we had uh, Jen Bartlett, the gaming librarian, the board game librarian, rather. And uh, we've got a whole bunch. You and I had a business meeting yesterday. Sure did. And uh, we both are bringing some guests to the table. It's going to be crazy. Y'all are going to have a whole lot of fun. But we're going to have fun too. And talking about video games this week. And not a lot of like news happened for us. Nope. We were just talking about how lots of news happened for them, we shall call them. But for us, slow week. Slow week for kiddo gaming. Slow week for kiddo gaming. But man, if you want to talk about horror games that are remakes of classics from a long time ago, man, listen, go find... Well, apparently nobody's talking about it. But, like, you know, go... go. Apparently there's a new Call of Duty game getting made this year. Is that the biggest news of the ever? That Activision's making another Call of Duty? Um, The surprise of exactly zero people. Surprise of... Surprising zero people. Yeah, we... um, I'll say it happened... And then we just won't talk about it ever again. Uh, so before we get too much farther, because we're just being silly, because there's not a huge amount going on, I do want to talk about our sponsors. There are two of them, and she is right on the other side of my Skype call. First it is Ready Player Mom, which is a mixer stream by Amanda and one of her friends. True. Currently Sarah, only one day a week. Yeah, it's one day a week. That's fine, because we're all in crisis mode. How do I pronounce the co-host of Ready Player Mom's LaBeouf? LaBeouf. Okay. I just assumed that it was more complicated than that. I don't know why. No. Um, because that's my brand. That's is assuming okay. things are more complicated than they are. So, it's French. Uh, you have changed it. It was Wrecking Teddy, and now it it's Wrecking History. It's Wrecking History. Because you can only beat up on Teddy Roosevelt so much. That's true. We yeah, are still going to track him down and beat him up, though. This is the last game that we're going to be featuring Teddy Roosevelt to beat up. And it's also the last game that we are going to be, the last Civ campaign that we are going to be teamed up. And then Sarah and I are going to go head to head against the AI. Um, but yeah, the uh, the new Wreck and History show, which was supposed to go on today. Today being Wednesday. Uh, it's normally airs on Wednesdays in the afternoon on the East Coast. Uh, but I had some trouble with the internet. So we are moving the show to this week's to Friday. So probably maybe by the time you hear this, you can potentially come and hang out with us over on Mixer. So reckon Otherwise you can see it on demand. It's true. It doesn't stay up very, very long, but I'm going to start up a YouTube page eventually. Just have to, you know, find the time. Uh, but yeah, reckon history is, <laughs> is all about Civ six and me teaching folks a little bit about some of the great rulers of history uh, this Civ campaign, we are learning about Queen Amanatori from uh, the Kushite Empire in Nubia, back at the very, very, very beginning of the Common Era. Uh, and then the two European kings that were women, because there was no such thing as queens. So King Jadwiga yep. of Poland and King Christina of Sweden. And Songdok, the... Korean queen of the Silla Empire and the Queen Guitarja, who is who was the 
uh, warrior queen of the Majapahit Empire before it became Indonesia. Cool. So yeah, we are we are going hard nerd, like hard history nerd on this, and it's gonna be, I'm so it's gonna excited. Yeah, I'm um, super if psyched. you ever decide that you don't want to make a YouTube channel, um, I know of one that you could just park your crap on if you felt oh, the need to do so. Oh, it's true. Um, if I if you wanted to save the effort, I, I mean, it's not a di it's not a dictation or a rule. I'm just saying. I love this idea, friend. I love so, it. So, um, our second sponsor, also Amanda, is the Virtual Economy Podcast. And so, here's my sales pitch for the Virtual Economy Podcast. If you like what we talk about but you want to know how it all gets paid for slash a little bit about how it gets made. Uh, and you want grownups to talk about it as opposed to the two of us being children. Uh, <laughs> what? You can talk At to worst, her. we're teenagers. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're more teenagers. Um, she, you can listen to her talk with her partner, Mike, and they are seasoned, grizzled veteran journalists, unlike me, who's an unmitigated hype monster. And they're going to like be like journalists and like have credentials and sources and like know things i just yell about stuff that i hear from my friends on the internet so they do really cool stuff and they have really cool interviews it is worth uh, subscribing to their podcast feed even if you're not going to listen every week you'll see some po topics pop up i do that with a number of podcasts where i i subscribe i don't listen to everything i download them all but i listen to the ones that i know are going to be a big hit for me i tend to listen uh, when i miss amanda and so Aww. that's what i do um so, those are our two sponsors, and now that we've done that, let's just go right around the horn, because I want to talk to you about golfing with your friends. Yes! Specifically, it is called Golf With Your Friends. I want to talk about it. Do it. I'm here to um, listen. Have you, ever heard, have you ever heard of this game? I have, but I've never played it. Okay, so Golf With Your Friends is a game that was on Steam Early Access. It's been on PC for a while, and it is from Team 17, who has made a lot of video games. I like that Team 17. I know their I know their biz dev person. Yeah. To be to give some examples, they have done Oh man, some of their stuff is well, I mean they do Overcooked. Oh yeah. Um and they do My Time at Porsche. Mm -hmm. They've done a lot of stuff, but the fact that they did Overcooked and uh you know they, I mean, they, they've done a lot of stuff. The they have. My Time or Porsche, big deals in the PC space. Golf with your friends, legit. Here's the sales pitch. It's a freaking mini golf game. That's it. No frills, no craziness, no stupidity. It's just a mini golf game. It's pretty and good. You know what? That's fine by me. It's a multiplayer game, up to 12 players online. Uh, or you can play hot seat multiplayer. Ooh. And so it's on, and here's another sales pitch. Uh, it's on Xbox Game Pass right now. Oh, man. That's the Day real one pitch. on consoles came to a Xbox Game Pass, which means if you're an Xbox Game Pass subscriber, which you should be if you have Xbox Game Pass. Or if or if you have a PC, quite frankly. If you have a PC, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate is genuinely worth it. Yeah, Don't true, sleep true. on it. It's at least worth consideration. I'm yes. not going to shove it in. You know, it's worth looking at, especially if you play a lot of games on your yeah. computer. But if you own an Xbox, we assume you want to use it. Yes. Is my thing. And I think Xbox, the, it just costs an extra 15 bucks a month. Yeah, it's um, totally worth and it. It's worth it. Absolutely worth it. And so this just popped up yesterday, and I was like, what is this? And I played it. I played through a full 18 round, played it uh, with some of my sons. They messed around. Well, some of them, both of my sons. They messed around with it. Here's the thing that I really, really like about it. Tell me. You know how most golf games will have that thing where you start the putt, and then you wait for it to swing back, and you hit a button, and then swing forward and swing a button, and you got to hit it in the sweet spot? Mm -hmm. None of that on this one. No timing minigame. You have complete control over the power of your swing. Complete control. You just push a stick forward. You can push it back. You can decide exactly how hard you want to swing it. Oh, Here's the thing, though. Got it. They make they make you pay for that because you're oh. playing mini golf, and so the game the the stages are not easy. And so because and I really feel like from a design perspective, they made a decision to say, you know what, we're not going to make you play a timing mini game, which I think is great for accessibility purposes. And, you know, for all sorts of reasons, the timing minigames are always a struggle for me. 
and are the reason why I don't play a lot of golf games. Like if the new EA golf, golf game that they're putting out this year. Listen, if they put out a new EA golf game and it doesn't have the timing mini game, even if that's just a mode, I will play the heck out of it because that's the part that I struggle with the most. Mm. And but the, that's on the, the other part I is, like most. Am I weird? Am I weird no, for loving that, that timing stuff? Because like uh, I eat no, I that think, up every single time I play a PGA game. I I don't think you're weird. For or that. I think I may be more weird for not liking it. It, with that said, it's, it's you the are core just weird. mechanic of most. Yeah, well, I'm definitely weird. I dress up like an elf on the weekends. It's sure. what I do. Perfect. So, the, yeah, I mean, being a, being weird is not an indictment. No, in God, no. The I make video game podcast space. So, the, it's certainly the core mechanic for a lot of golf games is playing that mini, you know, that mini like a dexterity game. This completely bypasses that. The the upside is you don't have to do it. The downside is that it's hard. And so you really have to pay attention to your angles. It's almost pl- it, it really does turn into, for some stages, like a billiards kind of thing, where you really have to pay attention oh. to your angles and you're bouncing it off stuff. But then it gets wild where you're doing jumps and there are you know lots of different angles you have to take. It's really cool. And uh, there are... I think I counted seven different tracks that are, you know, 18 whole courses. I, tracks is probably the wrong word, but like, you know, there's like, and they're different themes. So there's one in a forest and there's one in a volcano and there's one that is Candyland, which I don't know where they got the license for Candyland because it certainly doesn't say Hasbro anywhere on any of that, but it's a land oh. made out of candy. Uh, I ain't telling nobody. No, don't be a narc, dude. Ha- I'm not going to be an arc, but Hasbro will find out. They, they have, will. They have, they have spies. They're going to mess you up. Uh, but here's what's really interesting. There's one that's kind of grayed out, and it feels like it's going to be like DLC or maybe unlock later. That's the Escapists. You know Weird. the Escapist game? Yeah, I'm familiar with it. And there's another one. What's the... There's another one that is... There's, there's another one that's kind of locked that is another, like, indie game that is like a world where it'd be kind of interesting to play a mini golf game in it. The rest of the themes are all pretty, you know, there's a haunted house and there's a castle and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's cool. It is available on Xbox Game Pass. And I would say this, if you like mini golf and you have Xbox Game Pass, you should buy it, quote unquote, right now and play it. And everybody else, it is relatively inexpensive. Uh, Let me look it up because for some reason... I did not look that up. I looked up everything else. <laughs> um, and part of that's because I didn't spend money on it. So that's my fault. Um, but let's go. The internet will tell me. This feels like a great Switch game. For me. Um, so let's see. How much is it on the Nintendo Switch? That will give us a good idea. It's 20 bucks. Oh, okay. So this is a relatively inexpensive game. This is absolutely worth $20 on your console of choice on PC if you happen to be a big PC gamer it's available on Steam with Steam Workshop support now let me tell you folks about Steam Workshop support that adds a ton of value to the games that you play on Steam because that just means Steam Workshop is basically a level creation thing so people can make mods they can make their own stuff and there are apparently hundreds of courses available on Steam Workshop now some of them probably hot garbage however some of them are probably really awesome. My favorite Steam Workshop experience is playing Civ Five and adding all the World of Warcraft races into it. Because someone made that Steam Workshop mod, and it was cool when uh, you could be like, you know, where, where you could be like a Torin chieftain and and beat up Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like Karen Bloodhoof versus. Teddy Roosevelt, very different experience. So, um, yeah, that's the game that I played. I played golf with your friends. That's really cool. I might, I may also yeah. need to golf with my friends, like you. You have a, pl- a a plethora of people that you could golf with in hot seat multiplayer. In my I, house. That is di- in your house directly behind you. It's true. Well, not directly behind you. Directly behind you is the door, but whatever. You know what I they're, mean. They're they're behind the door. It's fine. I know what you meant. Yeah, I was talking about the TV. Oh, yeah. That's also behind me. That's also direct. But it's not directly behind you. I'm just being literal. 
You're being nitpicky now. Because I'm a nerd. I'm pedantic. You're pedantic. I do. Yes, that is I'm, What did I say the facts. other day? I said uh, just pedantic enough to still be funny. Is that's my that's my brand. Um, so you have been playing some old standbys, but I have. having different experiences with them. I, I want have. you to tell me about Civilization because mm-hmm. you've got your thing. But also, we found out that there's DLC coming still. Oh, this that's coming tomorrow. A while ago, so it will be out by the time this is here. Is mm-hmm. it free DLC or is it or is it paid? I think it's paid. I'll look. Um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something other than Ready Player Mom though, because I want to talk about some of the things that I have been doing in my spare time with my partners. So, the men folk and I have been playing Civ Six together, and my husband is an amazing Civ player. Like he and I have played Civ together. You know, we played Civ Five together when it came out in 2010. Um, he and I have been bo- both been playing Civ since. I've been playing Civ since the second one. I missed two, I missed three and four, but I've played two, five, and six. Those are those are the ones that I've played, and he's played all of them except for four. So he's a he's a really big Civ guy, and so we got we got Mike into it as well, and we all sat down and we just ended up playing this really big Civ game together, and we played on a team. And this Civ game lasted, oh my goodness, probably like. What would you say, Mike? How long did that Civ game last? I think it was, yeah, it was it was four decent sessions. It was probably like an eight-hour game. So it, it took a while. It took a number of sessions for us to, like, sit down and get through it. But we got a cultural victory, you know. Oh, we got a diplomatic victory. We got close to a cultural victory, but it didn't, didn't quite get there. My culture was almost dominant over the world, and then Mike's was, and then James's was, then mine was again, and it was just, it was a mess. Um, but we ended up getting a diplomatic victory, which was, uh, which was great. So that's been a ton of fun. Mike has been learning a ton about Civ 6 through, um, through some YouTube videos as well. You know, like the best places to situate yourself on a, on a piece of land, depending on what the yields are for the various hex tiles. Um, and where I've been putting a lot of my energy has been into like role playing as my Civ. <laughs> <laughs> so doing things the way I, I ended up playing as the Cree Nation, and I was like, "What would Poundfoot do? How would Poundfoot handle this?" Well, Poundfoot would be a peacemaker, and would embrace culture and science, and would have strong have a strong economy, you know, because that was all stuff that was you know from what my understanding of Poundfoot. So anyway, that's kind of like where um, Wreck and History kind of came from is that I was thinking about like, oh, how can I do this thing, but bigger? Uh, so yeah, that's what we've been doing. We've been playing Civ on our off time. We're gonna move into Stellaris eventually, uh, which is a Paradox 4X game, but you know. I'm, space. Yeah, space. Big time space. Big time space, because I, I didn't care for uh, or Beyond Earth, unfortunately. That was Firaxis's Alpha Centauri style game um also set out in space it just didn't really grab me but i'm looking forward to playing some stellaris looking forward to playing uh age of wonders planetfall which is another paradox 4x game uh so yeah that's what i've been doing in my off time with civ 6 that kind of fueled ready player mom's wrecking history situation which i think is very cool um here's what's weird so the the dlc pack that you were talking about, mm-hmm. right, is part of their new, what's called the Frontier Pass, which is the equivalent of, like, a season pass for civilization. Right, 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 right. So, and so, th- what's cool about it is, this is a, um, it's through six add-on packs that are going to be released over the next year. So, from May of 2020 through March of 2021. So, you're in pack one comes live tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then pack two is in July which is the Ethiopia pack. Mm-hmm. And then the, the rest of them are unnamed, but then it's September, November, January, and then March. And they include, across them, a bunch of new leaders, new game modes, new city-states resources, natural wonders, etc. So basically, by the end of this kind of frontier pack, it, will, it looks like it will be roughly equivalent to another one of the big media expansions. Because they put out big media expansions for they Civilization. Do. They've put out two already. 
Uh, one being Gathering Storm, and the next is Rising, uh, Rise and Fall. So, and so Rise and Fall came first, and then okay, it was Gathering bad. Storm. Gathering Storm came out most recently. That's the one bad. that included uh, climate change, and that came out yeah, last okay. year. Okay. So thank you for the correction. Oh, I good. got it backwards. Um, so this is really cool. Here's the, the, this is the thing about civilization, right? Like you get it, and it starts huge. Oh, yeah. But then they always add more to it to the point where Civilization VI vanilla, like when it's first launched, first of all, don't want to insult vanilla. Good vanilla is great, but whatever. Vanilla Civ VI is going to be very different it's not, from the end. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, the thing that I've learned through my time, like when I played Civ V, Civ V was a great game out the gate. It really was. But then they started adding things on, and it started to get better and better and better. And by the time we got to Gods and Kings, which is what introduced spies and religion and everything like that, the game was completely different, and it was so much more robust. And it was so... It was, a, it was an exceptional experience um, in, a, in a way that, that transported over to Civ Six. It was like, it, it, they were, it's like Firaxis was really like taking all of those big ideas they had it that they probably wanted to launch with, but they're like, that's nuts. We can't do that. That's too big. And then they started moving it into <laughs> Civ 6. And so Civ 6 built on Civ 5, but created districts and, you know, made the game much more robust and interesting. And they're continuing to do that throughout these new packs and throughout this, like, this Frontier Pass. Sure. And I think the Frontier Pass... I mean, it, the one issue that I have is that it doesn't tell me how much it is, which is really weird, because um, I want to just buy it. I'm going to look on Steam. Uh, you can't find it on Steam currently. I went looking for it, and mm. I couldn't find it either. So Those those jerks. All right, so it is some number of dollars, probably like, how much are the, the expansion passes are usually like 30 bucks, right? Yeah. So it's probably close so to $30. It's going to be, as, as far as I can see here, um, it looks like the Frontier Pass will be available for $39.99 on, okay. uh, on all of the major consoles, including Nintendo Switch, and will be available on Windows PC, Mac, and Linux with mobile platforms arriving later this year. And that's mm -hmm. as, as told um, to the Associated Press. All right. Well, that sounds great to me. And let's see here. So that, that comes out tomorrow, which is pretty bananas. Yeah. And if you want to get on the Switch this and get yourself a little head start, the Switch version is only 15 bucks. It's a very different experience on the Switch. It's not that it's a bad experience. It's that it's very, very different. Um, yeah. It's also a battery hog. So if you are playing yeah. it, Play it on your television because otherwise the switch gets hot and it gets to be a battery hog, mm -hmm. especially when you start with the districts and you've got lots of troops to move or you've got lots of religious mo uh, units to move or great people or whatever. So it can get it can get to be a lot. So anyway, that's Civ Six. I've been doing a lot of Civ Six. Yeah. I'm very excited about the Frontier Pass. I'm looking forward to purchasing it when it when it's available. Um, I've also been playing Animal Crossing, but. I'm not loving it as much anymore. Like, I've been playing Animal Crossing now for, like, two months. And okay. I have a four-star. I'm pretty sure I'm, like, edging into a five-star island because I've done I put so much work into it. But I'm bored. Like, I just log in to get my fruit and sell them and whatever. Like, I've even stopped playing the stock market, which is really weird. Um... My house, I have everything that I want in my house. I think I have an A rank with decorating my house. I only need a little bit more and I'll have an S rank. You know, like it just, it feels, a lot of it just kind of feels pointless. Um, even though they have this new mechanic with like, oh, you can buy these bushes now and you can go talk to Red about art, but Red doesn't show up very often. So it's just, I don't know, it's one of those things where it just doesn't feel as magical as it once did. And part of me is thinking, should I just blow my island away and start again? That's crazy, though. That's, right? Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. That's bonkers. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, you can't do that. Anyway, so that's where I've that. been with, uh, with Animal Crossing. I'm enjoying playing it with friends. Like, I play it with my friend, and 
uh, former managing editor and now current editor-in-chief at Super Parent. Um, I, play, I play Animal Crossing with her now. So that, that kind of makes things a little bit better because I'll go to her island and her island is so pretty and it makes me feel good. And then I'll go back to my island and she'll be over and she'll be like, oh, I love your house. And it's, it's very wholesome. So. I mean, it's very wholesome is like the tagline for Animal Crossing. It's true. I agree with you. Like, I kind of, you know, paid off a couple loans and kind of ran out of stuff. Again, I ran out of steam largely because of that jerk Gary Witta, who, um, and I really, I mean, he's literally not a jerk. He's a very nice guy. But, you know, like, the, the our family had the interesting experience of we all started playing the stock market this week, like all of us. Uh, I, I can't say all of us. I didn't, but only because I ran out of time. But, because I was pre- prepping for a Dungeons & Dragons game. Yeah, like, you had to had do what you had to player. do. But... Everyone else went to the one person in the house that had the cheapest turnips, spent 100k bells on turnips, and uh, my and my wife has found a Facebook group where people you know advertise their stock their stock market prices in exchange and invite people over in exchange for tips which we talked about this within the last couple of weeks about how it's kind of like the game is not prepared for it no and um i and for the first like second i was like man and then i was like you know what i owned a game genie when i was a kid and so uh we're just we're what we're learning about is teamwork and efficiency is the is what we are learning uh through this because we're all working together to get the stuff we have and i'm also uh, teaching my sons to treat people who they are working with in games very well. So we always over tip. And, you know, so to the tune of like 30 and 40,000 extra bells yeah, every time. I do that too. Like, I want my, because you got to do it, and we do it, and we're having a lot of fun. It, although, funny story is uh, Megan today was like, Mommy, I know you found me an island but I think I want to sell my turnips tomorrow. <laughs> and we're like, girl, that's sweetie, not how this works. It's funny, sweetie, baby. Week. It's Wednesday. And we already messaged this guy. So we got to, we got to do it. You're in line. And she's like, Oh, and I'm like, if you want your brother to do it, you got to pay him. And she's like, no, I'm not paying him. I'm like, well, then you got to do it. And so eventually she did. It was kind of cute, but yeah, that's what we're learning. We're learning about efficiency and communication and then we're learning how to not blow all of it. Because the first thing that Jacob did, our middle son, is he decided that he wanted to go spend 200-something grand on a flag. And I was like, are you sure you shouldn't pay off your loan first? <laughs> so we're learning, we're learning all about stuff like that. It is, you know, it is interesting. I think that Animal Crossing was designed like other Animal Crossings and was not designed with it in mind that we would be playing it for 20 hours a day immediately. Yeah. Yeah, for real. And so I think what you're experiencing, that whole I'm at the end of the game, like I don't think you were supposed to be there until like July. I think you're probably right. And at which point they were like, cool, there have been enough events, we have enough time. I mean, we know they're going to have more events. Oh, totally. But they're going to have to come up with not only events, but also like they are definitely going to have to come up with some kind of a, uh, a resource sink. Like, something to pull money out of the economy, other than the crown that's like one million, which is kind of laughable now. Seriously, um, though. So, anyway, that's Animal Crossing. We, I, I, I empathize with you that you're, like, at the end. The good news is, uh, for most folks, like Linda, who was here last week talking about, um, you know, how her son wanted it with birthday money, but they, but they only have one Switch, so her two Aww. sons are like, they haven't bought it yet because they're negotiating sharing the island and how they're going to do all the work oh. and they're not buying the game until they're not buying the game until they have a signed contract you know what with the boys as a business journalist i really appreciate that that's savvy as heck those kids i'm gonna yeah. give them such a high five well they haven't figured it out yet because the, the negotiations are ongoing well you let them know if they need some help they can come to me i can give them a hand um, i'll even draft listen, the contract for them that'll be good that'll be good listen <laughs> Uh, F squared. You, I mean, you guys need clients. We'll just throw them right yeah, at you. Yeah, just like throw them at so, us. It sounds good. Why not? Um, that'd be a, that'd be a nice feel good story for your YouTube. So, all right. 
So that's our around the horn. We played a lot. Here's the good news. Uh, and this is just a bit of a spoiler for the folks that maybe watch our YouTube show. Uh, so every Thursday night I do the EFG show with uh, Jeff Walker, one of our community managers, and it gets posted on our YouTube. If you watch that, uh, number one, you, if you don't watch it live, you should start watching it live because we're going to start giving a game away every Ooh. Thursday and uh, starting yesterday. So fair warning. Uh, but we're also going to be going through all the games on the Nintendo Switch, uh, NES, and SNES libraries one at a time. So I will have more games to come back to and talk about next time we talk about video games because I'll be talking about those and I'm very looking forward to it because we're going to play all of it, Amanda. Oh yeah. And then we're going to ra- and then we're going to rank them. Ooh. And it's going to be great. So next week whichever one we talk about it's the only one. So it's number 1 by default. So Nailed it. Um so let's take a little break and then we're going to come back and what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about video games as playgrounds. Oh, wait, actually, no. We're going to talk about news first. I completely forgot. There are two news things. We do. We'll just go over them very quickly, but the, the quick. chunk of our, a big chunk of our conversation is going to be about games as playgrounds. Yes. The news. There's a new Paper Mario game. Yay? Yay. Paper Mario Origami King is coming on July 17th to the Nintendo Switch. It was announced, what, like a week ago? And it was a complete surprise to everyone and Nintendo just kind of plopped out a trailer on YouTube and said hey by the way in two months new Paper Mario which is super and I cool was like, right I was like this is fake and then I was like oh it's not fake <laughs> that was an emotional roller coaster of a trailer um are you a Paper Mario girl you know I'm not really like I it's not to say that I'm I don't like Paper Mario it's just I've never really played Paper Mario, I guess. We had one on the Wii, but I just never played it. I'm more of a Wooly Yoshi kind of gal. Cool. But I am looking forward Uh, to this because you know me. I am always open to checking out whatever wholesome game Nintendo is ready to put in front of me where I'm like, oh, yes, please put this in my veins. Thank you. Yeah, this is going to be great. Uh, It's coming at a very good time. Because July, I think, is when we're all going to be at the end of our rope. So we're going to need something really cool. And I love Paper Mario games. Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door, by the way. I don't know if you have a GameCube somewhere in that. You don't have a GameCube? None of I don't you think do? so. Well, I mean, I like, I gave, you have a Wii. I gave my GameCube to my little brother. So. Okay, that's fair. But you have a Wii. I do. Somewhere. That has the GameCube slot in it somewhere. Uh, I would encourage you at some point to play Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. It is very good. The pro wrestling segment in it alone is worth it. Yes, I just said there's a pro wrestling segment in it. Not going to tell you anything else. I don't need to know anything else. So um, Paper Mario Origami King going to battle to the death with Ghost of Tsushima because that's what they're both coming. (laughs) They're both coming out the same day. Uh, it's I like Doom and Animal it. Crossing, right? Where it's just like, okay, oh. so what's the oh, intersection man. here? Oh, they're probably both going to buy both. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love how everybody was like, <laughs> I don't know what the cross-section is between fans of these two games. And I was like, what? You don't? Me. I am the cross-section because I want to play Ghost of, Sush- of Tsushima when my kids go to bed. <laughs> but when my kids are awake, we're going to play Paper Mario Origami King. Ghosts look so good, uh, though. Like, we, we don't oh, talk this about is... this because it's an M-rated game, but holy moly. Yeah, it looks real good. Uh, yeah, I won't play it in the samurai mode, in the movie mode, for like an hour, and then I'll switch it back to the gorgeous, like, man, look up a trailer, just not with your kids, because, you know, he kills dudes with a sword. Uh, so that's the good news. We do have some bad news this week. We've been very excited since it was announced for Kerbal Space Program 2. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that has been significantly delayed until fall of 2021 so basically a full year this isn't super unexpected no i mean no it's it's it was originally it's been this is the second time it's been delayed because it was supposed to come out at some point during fiscal 2020 um Mm -hmm. and that's wrapped now so because take two's earnings were like yesterday or today or something like that i think i think it might have been today um but anyway, so point being, 
uh, yeah, this is not this is not surprising that they're pushing it back. I think it's a little weird that they're using COVID as a cover, but that's just me. That's a, that is my personal opinion on this. I know that Kerbal is going to take whatever time Kerbal needs, and I'm good with that yep. because Kerbal is a great yep. game. And what I yep. saw of it during, what was it, was it E3 or PAX? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was wasn't it both? Might have Didn't been you both. see it multiple times? I might have seen it twice. I think you're probably right. I think I saw it twice. I think I saw it at PAX West, and I think I saw it at E3. Or PAX something. I don't even remember. It doesn't I matter. I know that you have never said a negative word about Kerbal Space Program 2. No, no, and I wouldn't because the game looks excellent. Like, it actually looks like the kind of game where I could play it and not feel like a total dummy face. Uh, because I often feel like a total dummy face anytime that I play Kerbal Space Program. So, the new one Kerbal has. Space Program. Go for yeah. it. No, I was going to say Kerbal Space Program is a hard game to get into. Literal rocket science. This one science. looks like that. Yeah, exactly. Literal rocket science. This one looks like it from what they have indicated. And from what you said, they said to you, oh, yeah. the goal is to make the same thing but accessible and more accessible. Yeah, they're they're definitely. I'm down for that. Yeah, me too. I they're they're all about building this game so it's accessible, so that it so that they can reach more audiences. They can reach kiddos, and they can reach folks like me, where I'm like, well, you know, I'm okay with science, but I'm not great with science. So thanks. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the delay is not surprising. It's just. It's just one of those things. It's a yeah. It's one of those things. Yeah, I just uh, um, I don't know if they would have had it ready to go if not for COVID. I don't know. I don't think they would have. I think this would have been a a delay either way. But man, working under quarantine is so hard. Like I can't even imagine yeah. what the devs are going through right now and having to be creative on a regular basis and then having to like deal with code bases and downloading them and uploading them at home when their internet sucks and. Yeah. You know, my heart really does go out to these developers. They're just, they're they're fighting the good fight out there. Absolutely. I mean, and what's what's crazy about, like, Kerbal Space Program, right? And a lot of these games that were supposed to come out this year or early next year is these games have been in development for years. So these dev teams have developed their workflows. It's not like these games are, you know, games that are in pre-production or in games that are being made by one dude or one girl or whatever. Like, they're fine because they have you know they have time but they also haven't gotten into habits they don't know who's the artist i go to on this thing who is you know the, the owner of the design document that knows everything right like they they don't know all that in the beginning it's but true it, games that are close to the finish line or you know past the halfway point they have developed their workflows and they've developed their working relationships so they know how it works in the office Right, like on my lunch break, I stop by here and I talk to this person. Right, like every even little things like that, losing that connection and kind of breaking those patterns can cause you know just it can cause breaks in communication. And one breaking communication could cause days of delays. Oh yeah, because seriously. of just little things and even longer. Um, so I really feel for it. It doesn't surprise me. Um, it's disappointing, but yeah, uh, but it'll be done when it's done. You want. Yeah. yeah, take all the time you want. This game is going to be amazing when it comes out. And, uh, yeah, we're going to make a bunch of YouTube content out of it because oh, yeah. who, who doesn't want me and Maggie to pilot a oh. spaceship into the moon? Um, I think that's a brilliant content, idea. You know what? Speaking of content that's going to be great on YouTube, um, you know what's going into beta this summer? Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh, you're going to be all over that. You know who is very interested in flying a uh, plane out of Bradley International Airport? Megan. Let's get ready for a seven-year-old probably crashing a plane out of Bradley. It'll be fine. Which will be hilarious when I get Vivian to do the same thing. Could you imagine? Those two? Uh, oh, my God. Cool. We could do it side by side. Sounds like a co-stream. All right. Um, Deal. Sounds great. Okay, so um, so yeah, that's that's not delayed. No. Uh, I can't wait for Flight Simulator on my Xbox. It's going to be very weird. So um, let's take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk about games as playground. Yeah. And y'all probably know what games we're going to talk about, but we'll come back. See you in a minute, guys. <laughs> Hey 
everybody. This is Steve. I'm the host. If you like listening to this podcast, you probably like some of our other content too. You can find that all over social media. So make sure to head over to facebook.com slash engagedfamilygaming. Perhaps you might like to see some stuff on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash E-F-G-A-M-I-N-G. Or maybe you just want to head on over to Instagram and look for Engaged Family Gaming there. See you later, guys. Bye now. All right, everybody, we're back. It's still episode 121. My name is still Steven. I'm still having a wonderful conversation with one of my very best friends, the Princess of Power, Amanda Farrow. And we're going to talk about games as a playground. Now, this topic was your idea, Amanda, because uh, we were having a meeting yesterday and because we had no idea what to talk about because I was like, we can't talk about Paper Mario and the Origami King for 45 minutes. And so what do, what do you mean by that? What, is, what, what do you mean when you say games are a playground? You know, it's, it's an interesting thing. When, when we were kids... Right, because we're not—we don't have that many years in between us. But when we were kids, the playground was the actual playground, right? We had places where we hung out with our friends, even if that was in elementary school when we were hanging out at the playground and yep. playing things like, you know, the floor is lava. Or, you know, back in my hometown, it was fishing in the water. Um, so there was that. But you get older, and your playgrounds change. So you get to high school, and your playground is hanging out in your buddy's basement playing Halo. Right. Sure. So Halo becomes a piece of your playground. These days, video games as playgrounds has been a really interesting thing. So they're not just games, they're platforms in and of themselves yep. where people come together. It's like, a you know, the, the MMOs really, really did pave the way for a game as a playground for kids by building up gaming as this hyper social thing. It's less about the game and more about the experience of being together, even when you're apart. Okay. I dig every word that you just said. That's like the most quotable thing that has been said on here since the last time you spoke. So, <laughs> um, way more intelligent than most of the things I put together. So, good job. That's why you're here. Uh, you bring some intelligence and class to the party. I just yell a lot. So... Um, I agree with you. Games, man, it's so important, especially now. You know, we talk oh, about definitely. fire nation attacking. And anecdotally, and this is, you know, I don't have real data. I'm sure someone does. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, like Rachel Cowart and all her compadres are putting together real data. And But anecdotally, I know plenty of people who have kids, who, you know, don't have cell phones, yep. who aren't, you know, texting and calling with their friends because, you know, they're you know maybe they're tweens or something like that. Sure. But the only way they're talking to their boys from school or their girls from school is voice chat on Fortnite yep. or you know other online games that they play with them, and that turns that really does reinforce the idea that especially right now Minecraft and Fortnite, which are the two probably the two most popular games for that demographic, yes, are really just the playground for them they right are now because they can't go to actual ones it's so true the Fire Nation is there yeah you know an interesting thing popped up today is you know my my youngest son was on a call with his friends and they were talking about minecraft and they were talking about joining each other's minecraft servers and being friends on minecraft and can they play games together and talk on the phone or talk on zoom or something like that i haven't told them that they can actually just like become playstation friends and just talk on playstation but yeah. This is me, but I guess I also have my youngest son's account like really lock- heavily locked down so that he's not able sure. to do that. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. Point being, you know, he's really starting to get into that as games as a as a playground situation. And for my eldest son, like he likes playing single player games a lot. Multiplayer games are challenging for him because he gets really competitive and he gets really upset when he loses. So we don't really let same. <laughs> We don't really let him play a lot of competitive games as a result. Sure. Um, and Fortnite is one of those games where it's hyper competitive and, you know, that's just the way things are. So games as a playground, really, a lot of parents don't really understand the importance of 
having something like Fortnite or having something like Minecraft available for your kids to play in like if the, if their parents are too busy to set up play dates because they're working all the time or there's other stuff going on they at least are able to see their friends online and still talk to them and have these conversations yeah. it's just like when we used to talk on on icq or msn messenger or or whatever back in the day as soon as we got home from school because we were always connected not have, to our friends did they not have aim in canada uh they did but i hated it so all right it's fine okay i just wanted to make sure i don't know no, no, it's totally fine. So it was it was one of those things where, like, we, we were either on ICQ or we were on MSN. Um, AOL a and AIM just was not a thing because it was Canada, and we're like, oh, it's America Online? Okay, well, I guess Canada's not included, so bye. <laughs> um, yeah, we were, real, we were real petty about that, so none of my friends used AOL. Uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's the same kind of thing in that, you know, some par- some some parents these days that didn't grow up with that kind of that kind of interactivity after school where they had their landlines and everything like that and that's it or they just were hanging out in person and that is the only way that they know how to gauge social activity they're missing out they're missing out on the importance of having something to do at the same time as you're sitting around and talking you're not being bored you're not going out and vandalizing stuff or harassing old ladies you know, you're sitting in Fortnite harassing other kids. <laughs> and by harassing, yeah. I mean, you know, getting... Shooting you're, Yeah, you're looking for that, <laughs> you know, you're looking for that victory royale, right? Yeah. And in Minecraft, absolutely. you're building things together and you're defeating monsters together. And it's a very cooperative experience. So, I mean, it's two very different kinds of experiences, but these platforms are so important for children, especially right now when all they have is their families. And if they're an only child, that is lonely. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and there's definitely, you know, again, uh, anecdotally, you know, just oh, totally. talking to some of the folks that, in, that reach out to me or that are, you know, on my Facebook wall, you know, I mean, so many kids are by themselves. And so... This is what I would say. I think parents that listen to this podcast are kind of in three groups. There are not too many people that listen to this podcast that are like anti-video game. Uh, Because if you're going to take the time to listen to me and you talk about video games, you probably are at least pro-game in general. I would assume Uh, so. If I I am wrong on that and you're like hate listening to me, uh, please tweet at me. I would be very interested to talk to you. Uh, And kudos to putting up with me for 200 and some odd episodes of just hate watching me. Like if I'm the equivalent it's pretty impressive, of like, actually. Gr- if I'm the equivalent of like Grease on Fox, like, you know, or whatever the, the you know, when they did mu- the Grease musical, like, and everybody just hate watches it. So they keep doing it. If I'm that equivalent for you, um, achievement unlocked, but also reach out and we'll, we'll chat. So the, the, but the other people are folks that just let their kids play and don't really think about it. And, and maybe dislike the online game specifically because of their concern for safety. Um, and then I think there's other folks that kind of are, you know, of a like mind to you and me. Mm-hmm. And so to talk to everybody in general, I think, um, and a lot of times we talk about video games, specifically, you know, we're, we're talking about Minecraft and Fortnite, and we'll have some statistics later on to talk about how big these things are. Yeah. Um, but they are two super important games right now, and I just would encourage everybody to not view those games necessarily as a pastime. Because a lot of times people think of video games as like a hobby, but it's like that thing you do when you're done with everything else. And uh, I want to encourage people to at least think of them, at least in part, as a social experiment. It's like, you know, if you're worried that your kids aren't talking to their friends, this is what those things can be for if that's how they use it. And so at the very least, consider that. As, as you know part of it yeah and um because if you if and also keep in mind that if you take it away from them i mean and i'm not saying that you shouldn't take games away because you know if if, if you have to you have to right i mean it's a currency for you know discipline etc gaming but is like, a privilege mind, it's not a right yeah but exactly and but keep in mind that if that goes away that that is a piece that is also being taken away too. So to at least just be aware of it, that it's not, you know, just a game, quote unquote. And because it might not be. I mean, these no. are, you know, In these fact, are a line of communication. Rarely is it just a game. There are so many experiences, even as adults, that we look at. Like Animal Crossing is quote unquote just a game, but 
if somebody came onto my island and wrecked everything without my permission, I would be really upset. I it would it would like genuinely hurt to have that completely yeah. decimated or if I lost it or something like that. If I made the choice to completely restart, that's my choice. But yeah. It's don't not the that, same. The it's not I don't think I'm gonna. I think that that is like Just, my weird like desperate should I do this, but I'm not gonna. Um buy another switch and make another account. No. Do, do that before you destroy your own. No, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna do that. I I think what I'll do is I'll just keep going the way I'm going, and maybe I'll just request a cleanup on my on my island. Anyway, point being, so the the thing to to keep in mind with that, along the same lines of this is not a pastime. That these are games of the moment, and the games of the moment when we were kids were very different. Those experiences were very different. They required couch co-op or they required pass and play where it's like, okay, it's a single player game. We don't really, like, we can't really do anything here. So we're just going to pass the controller back and forth. You get one guy, I get another guy. You know, that's what, that's what, yeah. you know. What, what, that's absolutely what you and I would have had to do. Yeah, exactly. Unt until we played TMNT4 Turtles in Time. And then we would have fought over who got to be which Ninja Turtle. Um, um, excuse everything. But I am Donatello. So... Oh, then you probably would have been fine. I typically was a Raphael guy. You and Mike. My goodness. And my little um, brother was Michelangelo, so he played Mikey. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. It totally um, so works, maybe we too. Wouldn't have fought it. Maybe no. we wouldn't have fought about it. Um, it would have been a good team. I think so. so. Uh, yeah, these... Man, I, I, I agree, right? Like, these games are not only, you know, big social experiments, but let's think about that, uh, the concert that they had. Yes. In so they had a concert, and... They they've had a couple. They've it. had a few concerts a in 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 Fortnite. Um, the most recent one was like a like a three parter. They had like three different artists um, yeah. on for that. I'm particular talking about concert. the big one. You're talking Travis about Travis Scott. Scott. Yeah. So, what? Did I say Minecraft? You did. Yeah. I meant Fortnite. I knew what you meant. I meant Fortnite. That's why. I, that's why I steered but, us in the direction that I did. Yeah, she steered me. Um, thank you. Jenna and Amanda, I got corrected <laughs> on this end and that end of the microphone. Great. Uh, it's like I'm married twice. Eh, um, so could do worse. It could. It could. Um, okay. So changing the subject back to Travis Scott in Fortnite. Yes. So uh, they had this thing. They announced it, and it hit the news, and I was like, I don't even know who this Travis Scott guy is. I but did. But that's because I'm old. Yeah. Well, you're not old like me. So... You, there really You're, aren't that many years in between us. I know, but you also you also have a sixteen year old girl in your house. Yes. So who is music, music obsessed? Yeah, exactly. So that's different. Yes. My son had to make a playlist for his drama class this week, and all he could think of was music for un, from Undertale. So like that's where we are at for music in this house. Um, oh boy. It was. I told him that he couldn't. He had to pick other music, and you know what else he did? He went and found mo music from Pokemon. Darn it, man. Um, but he did it. He finished his homework. It's fine. His teacher's going to be very confused. Um, so you knew who Travis Scott was. I didn't. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be neat. And so, but it was very important to Jacob that he be in and that he see this thing. And I didn't really give it, I, I didn't take it as seriously as I should have initially. And I'm glad that I made it a point to let him watch it, even though it disrupted a bunch of family plans. It was important to him. And I let him in, and I, he watched it. And didn't they have, they, they have like, what, like 13 million players playing at the time when that concert went live? It was, like it was enormous. They I had, know you had a stat. I do have a stat. So it was 12.3 million <laughs> concurrent players that were, it set a new record for Fortnite in that moment. Insane. It's nuts. It was such a cool event, though. Like, we can't get to live music right now. It's not possible. We don't know when it's going to be possible again. And this is coming from a gal who had four tickets to see Lady Gaga for her birthday. That's definitely not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, it was like this incredible experience that, you know, you're just like going through all of these weird transitions. And it was like it was an interactive experience. The second concert that they had wasn't quite like that. It was just like listening to music and bouncing around a bit. Um, but tra the Travis Scott thing was totally worth it. It was totally worth experiencing. There's nothing I've ever, I've ever experienced like that. And this, I mean, that's a water cooler moment for kids who don't have water coolers. Totally. You know what I mean? Like this is, 
And this is not going to... And because of the success that they had, we know that they're going to keep doing it. And so this is one of those... The, the, I think the takeaway on this one is when your kid says that, hey, there's going to be this crazy event, let them go if you can because these are the moments that they're going to remember in those games. Like, you know, I mean, I played World of Warcraft. I remember the first time I killed Ragnaros, right? Like, this is his totally. first time he killed Ragnaros because he, you know, because he got to see this really cool thing. And also, you know, they give him a little keepsake, too. I mean, he got a neat little glider, which is a like a roller coaster. It's on, super like, cool. tracks that disappear, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was super rad. Also found out that they have gliders that you can sit in now. Really concerned as to how it was going to work. Apparently, they have gliders you can sit in. That's just a new thing. What? And yeah. So, it is a... The, so it is so that that's pretty rad. I mean, the, the Fortnite experience. I mean, we we found some stats yesterday. So, just looking at some of it, right? Like, they've 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 gotten since this time last year an additional hundred million players. Yeah. Like this is so when you when your kid says like all my friends play this, they're not they're probably not joking. Yeah, that's not an exaggeration. Speaking, um. And, I mean, with my sons, anytime one of them logs in, they have a full friends list of people to play with. And so this is one of those, like, you know, they're not joking. <laughs> they're, all of their friends have played it. They may not play it now. Because, right, I mean, they have, like, 350 million registered players, which is, like, met, like every 10-year-old on Earth. But... And we don't know anything about their concurrent players, like how many, their average monthly active users, because Epic doesn't report that information. So we don't know, but it's a lot. Amanda made a, that, Amanda gave me her <laughs> business journalist face because she's like, that's data. And I like data. I like data a lot. She likes data a lot. Like data is very important to her. It's true. Not like the Brent Spiner data, but like data. I mean, like that data too. But in a different that way. Data too, but that data that data doesn't help us know how many people play Fortnite every month. I mean, it might. Although, if Brent Spiner could just start doing earnings calls and providing data, awesome. that would be the best podcast ever. I, so w- I would listen Fortnite, to that. Again, Fortnite is a big deal. We, I, I mean, water is wet, but no, for real. If your kid says all their friends are playing it, they're probably right. So think about that as a social space. Minecraft, I want to talk about this one because they just hit a milestone this past week. They did. They sold their 200 millionth copy, Amanda. 200 million copies across all major platforms, including both mobile operating systems. Whoa. Dude. That's huge. That is enormous. And I mean, look, uh, Fortnite is a free-to-play game. Minecraft is not. Yep. That is a premium yep. Minecraft- experience. Yep. I mean, it's not expensive. No, but still. It but still it's costs still, money. It's not free. For- Fortnite, anyone with a phone pretty much can play it. And Badly you know, in my case. Need- well, well, hey, I didn't say, listen, I don't play any games well. So uh, shout out to the people who run Mythic Dungeons with me in World of Warcraft. I'm sorry. So the... Uh, <laughs> Like, but you know, anyone with a Minecraft and ten dollars can play Minecraft. Um, anyone with a phone and ten dollars can play Minecraft. So they sold their they sold their two hundred millionth copy, twenty million in the last year, which is more than some games that just came out this year. Yes, and more than half of the people that own Minecraft uh, play it every month. Yeah, like, this is a game that you start playing, and this is what's interesting. So I have two kids. That, uh, that are in, you know, I have three, but two of them that, like, have their game. Maggie is still figuring her stuff out, right? Evan's game is Minecraft. Jacob's game is Fortnite. And the two, and, and you know, they, they dabble in each other's shenanigans. But, like, Evan is a Minecraft guy. And every time he tries something else, and he's, I've said it to him, right? Like, he's home. And I'm like, dude, you finish your schoolwork real early every day. Like, why don't you, like, stop looking at YouTube or, you know, messing around on your, like, why don't you, like, beat some video games because you got time uh final fantasy 9 just came out on xbox game pass and he's like oh yeah that's a good idea so he'll play another game for a little while and then where do i find him right here on my computer looking at my pc monitor playing minecraft and he just he just can't stop he loves it he enjoys it he knows it and i think that that's a thing with both of these games is these are games that you can really develop like a fluency to so to to a point where you just play them and you don't have to 
think about it. And so it's like a really great like escape. And I think that's another piece about play. You know, we talk about the playground. The first part of it is play. There is a comfort in doing something that is fun, even if it's repetitive, that you know, right? And it's, I, I know that feeling all too well. I came back to World of Warcraft for that exact same reason, right? There's just something about doing something that is familiar, right? Like for me, that settle, that feeling of putting my hands on the mouse and keyboard and settling them down in that WASD or whatever is calming to me, right? And so totally. a, a kid doing that in Minecraft or, you know, jumping out of the bus in Fortnite, like that, that, it's is, a grounding that could force. for them be a cool or calming effect, which, I mean, that's the power of play. And, it really know, we'll, is. We're obviously going to talk about that a lot more over time, but. These are two, re- and, and these aren't the only two games. No, that are quote unquote a playground, right? No, I mean, I mean, if your kid's all in on NBA 2K, listen, that is a literal playground. <laughs> it is. There's a lot that you can do in uh, in a lot of these sports games. I mean, they're not they're not necessarily games that my kids are interested in, or I don't think your kids sure. are particularly interested in either. No, but no, but, but yeah, but it's. it's it's that these aren't the only two. Like, games themselves, especially social ones, are, you know, a, a shared play space. And especially right now, it's, you know, for some kids, it's the only social link they have. Yeah. And so, yeah, these are just some interesting facts to throw out there. Um, Minecraft does, by the way, have some pretty competitive, mo- you know, servers and stuff, which is where my – that's where Evans popped into. Uh, so if you see your kid playing on something that doesn't look super like – Minecraft, just you know, double check with them because they might be on like a, a competitive server, mm-hmm. um, doing some doing some goofy stuff. Um, you know, if it doesn't look like they're just building the castle or Starship Enterprise or you know, you know whatever floats digging their in the boat. dirt, you know, doing whatever because you digs and builds, do whatever in those games. digs and yeah. builds. I love that. It's like its so, own genre of game, digs and builds. Yeah, digs and builds. So yeah, video games are a playground right now, and it's kind of crazy. Those are the two big ones. Man, we could you and I could probably sit back here for hours and talk about other games that could qualify. True. Um, and but the key is I don't think we have to because I think just about everything is when we think about it. I mean, for the most part, because we have voice over IP and because we are able to yeah. communicate with our friends in a number of different technical yep. technological modalities, it's you know anything can technically be a platform. Um, and I really, I really love that about games. I've always loved that about games. Gaming was mm-hmm. always social for me growing up. It was about me, my brother, my dad, my friends, uh, my dad's friends, because my dad's friends are still are huge gamers. And you know, up until when I left my hometown, I would play tabletop games with them every week. I would play Warhammer with them, or I would end up mm-hmm. playing video games with them on like World of Warcraft. Or whatever. So I mean, like this is, this is something that I hold near and dear to my heart because it was such an an, an integral part of my adolescence, of my childhood, mm-hmm. and being able to give my kids that same, or rather, just similar experiences, give them that same kind of commitment to look. I know that video games are good. I know the power that they can bestow on children to light up, light up their create their creativity or make them better leaders or help them, you know, with being socially awkward potentially and that and, and being able to talk to their friends with their voices without actually having to look at them can be helpful. These are all helpful things. These are all wonderful things about the power of games and games as a playground, don't fight it. The more you fight it, the more it will become a fight in your house. Find ways to embrace it in small ways. Ask questions. Get involved. Don't turn a blind eye. Don't just be like, oh, my child and their video games. No, go and be a part of their video games. Be a part of their life as if they were playing football. You know, it's important to stay engaged. And, you know, that's kind of how we Hashtag buzzword. Yeah, there you go. Hashtag buzzword. Hashtag buzzword. Way to throw in the branding. Thank you. But I'm here. Um, you are super right, though, right? And I interrupt you, not to interrupt you, but just p- to be silly, but you're super right, right? Like, this is, you know, we want you. The easiest way to really get involved is to just literally get involved and play with them. And what's cool about this is you, you know, you, I might not be able to safely use a seesaw right now, but I can definitely drop into Fortnite every once in a while or at the very least, like, watch 
You know, like man, I I actually really enjoy watching my youngest son play Fortnite because he's kind of good actually. That's awesome. Like, really good, I think, and it's really kind of cool watching him succeed or do. He was doing this thing where he was playing with the controller backwards the other day. And, like, challenging himself to try and get a kill with the controller backwards. And, like, he almost did it. It was really weird because there's no way I could do that because my buttons are bad, let alone flipping them backwards. Um, this is, you know, like, just watching my kids play and come up with neat stuff is way more interesting. I would much rather watch them than Dan the Diamond Minecart or something. Because, you know, my kids are, you know, he's, he's a charming gentleman, but he's not as funny as my kids. So, yeah. We did it. Yeah. Um, Megan does absolutely love Dan TDM. That is true. Ma- Megan definitely loves him. Well, he's a, he's a charming young man from across the from across the ocean. So, you know, she sure she can you know whatever. Um, he's a good guy, I guess. There are way worse YouTubers that she could watch. So not wrong there. Um, not in this house. We don't allow that. So anyway, anyway, Amanda, would you believe it if I told you? That that was episode 121. Did we do it? Of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. We did podcast. it! We did it. Everybody, we talked about our games as a playground suggestions, you know, Minecraft, Fortnite. I would love to hear the games that your kids play uh, as a playground. What games do they play with their friends? I, I truthfully, no judgment here. I really just want to know because I'm curious if we missed something. Or is it really just the big two and maybe, you know, something else? Uh, hop into the Engaged Family Gaming community, which you can find at engagedfamilygaming.com slash community. Let us know, because I really am curious. What other games do your kids play with their friends in? Because uh, I bet you, I bet we'll see some surprises. I agree. That are really cool. I hope it's Mario uh, Maker. There's also, oh, man, Mario Maker is so cool. Anyway, everybody, I hope you have a great week. I will be back next week with Amanda, and uh, we're going to be talking about some board game stuff but until next time don't forget to safely get your family game on bye bye get it Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Hop by Kevin McLeod, and audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.